Talk 104.1. I am Nick Reed. Uh, I want a great home loan.com. For all of your home loan needs, there's one name for you to remember, Character. There's a few others. There's Don, Anthony, Alex. They're all characters. Of course, they have others working on their team as well. Seven days a week, up until 9 o'clock at night, you have access to them. None of that East Coast 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. stuff. Uh, I recommend them. I have for years. I've used them. They do a tremendous job. I know many of you have as well, and I just can't strongly enough. If if you're going to go that route, home loan, or just any questions at all, start at IWantAGreatHomeLoan.com because you do. We used to not talk uh, much about school board elections. Uh, About a decade ago, uh, I remember... We, we did interviews for it was people running for Springfield School Board and and I, I forget if it was simply for podcast or if it was for on air. But I remember thinking all these answers are the same. I mean, it's just exactly the same. You know, why are you running? What do, what do you think the job of a school board? Well, to listen to the administration and and, uh, you know, take from them what it is we need and make sure that we get it and so forth. And and, and so there, it, I don't know. It just seemed. People didn't pay attention to school board meetings. Uh, people didn't vote. They didn't know who their school board members were. And in my opinion, the entire understanding as to whom it is that the school board is supposed to be representing was upside down. And and this changed over the last couple of years on a national level and also a local level. And we've focused on Springfield quite a bit. Um, and aside from the different personalities involved, I, I, there is still this what I consider to be a vast and and um, damaging misunderstanding as to what the purpose of a school board is. And Springfield is not the only district, obviously, that has some of these issues. And the Ozark District has been having some problems, um, according to a number of, of folks who, who currently and in the past have worked for the district in a similar fashion. And uh, given that we, we do have so much coverage of what goes on in Springfield, we wanted to give a, a voice to those individuals as well, particularly, again, as school board elections come up. And if anything, just to to hopefully reset people's recognition and understanding uh, regarding who is in charge of, of school districts versus who should be in charge of school districts. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a couple of moments. Jason Rima first with the latest news update. 16 former students of Agape boarding school near Stockton have settled lawsuits claiming they were abused while attending the school. About two dozen lawsuits were filed against Agape Baptist Church, which ran the former Christian boarding school. The school closed in January. Four other lawsuits were refiled in federal court and four more are pending in state court. A federal judge in Missouri rules a state law keeping local cops from enforcing federal gun laws is unconstitutional. U.S. District Judge Brian Wimes says local and state officers should be able to work and share information with task forces that investigate and act on federal crimes. The Missouri law passed two years ago prohibited such cooperation. The state's attorney general, Republican Andrew Bailey, said that enforcement conflicts with a citizen's constitutional right to bear arms. Judge Wimes argued that Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act exposes citizens to greater harm by standing in the way of federal gun protection statutes. State Attorney General Bailey plans to appeal. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. And a man from Nixa was killed Monday night in a traffic crash along the Kansas Turnpike. State troopers say 35-year-old Yuri Lindell was driving a semi 
when it drifted onto the shoulder and hit another semi that had stopped near Emporia. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Cloudy, 40% chance of rain today. High of 49. Rain tonight, 40. 53 tomorrow with more rain than sunshine with a high on Friday of 51. We're going to jump right into this. As I mentioned earlier, there has been, and I think as a community, we're all much better off and kids specifically when the parents really start paying attention and and once again re-engage and have a say in their child's education. It's interesting because for the longest time we would hear uh, oftentimes schools sort of market themselves as wanting that. You know, we really want parents to be involved. Uh, but we've seen that oftentimes that's not necessarily the case. And and when parents do get too involved, there's massive pushback. And we, we've seen that in Springfield. Um, there has been uh, some chatter, if you will, regarding Ozark School District. And in fact, there's a website that's been launched that... Um, uh, is uh, uh, there to inform the public as to some of these concerns. There's a billboard campaign that was launched in the last couple of days as well. And I'm going to welcome in studio uh, Major Danny Kazare, uh, Christina Tonsing, and Shelley Pettit. And you all have different backgrounds, different involvements, and so forth. So uh, I- I'm just going to have you, if you would, um, um, and we can start. With you, Danny, if that's all right, uh, your place in all of this, and and uh, and we can have each of you do that just so people can get to know you uh, briefly, and then why it is uh, you're doing what you're doing, and we'll get into some of the concerns and backgrounds here. So if you would just go ahead. So thank you. I taught at Ozark High School in the junior RTC program for eight years there. Um, big fan of the Ozark School District. I. I my first several weeks there, it seems there wasn't a day that I didn't come home bragging about some new discovery about what a great school district we had. Um, really exciting opportunity to get to work with teenagers, work with teenagers while they are working through some kind of um, formative years mm-hmm. of their life and provide them some experiences that we hope will help, help set them up for success down the road. Um, so I had nothing but praise for Ozark School District until I encountered a situation or two where I had to call foul on something that I saw the district was doing. And it was how the district responded to that that showed me the ugly side of the district that I think most teachers um, don't see unless somebody close to you has experienced the kind of retaliation that we're here to talk about today. You just see that brilliant side of the school district and think that all must be well, Mm -hmm. that what you don't see mirrors what you do see. And you got to have somebody point out to you what's going on behind the scenes. so, yeah, that's why we're, mm-hmm. we're here today. Uh, how about you, Shelley? Hi. Thanks for having us on yeah, the show absolutely. this morning. Uh, I am a former employee of Ozark School District. I um, spent 10 years at the middle school uh, teaching at-risk children and loved my job, loved working in my building. Um, it was great until I stood up for uh, safety concerns and viral, in, <clears throat> involving air quality issues. Okay. There were, I was personally sick, there were teachers sick, uh, students having reactions, and uh, once I stood up to that, my situation uh, quickly changed, and I was targeted, threatened, harassed, and eventually forced out of my job um, in 2021. Okay. And uh, Christina? I'm Christina Tensing. I'm just an involved parent from the community, um, but I'm standing in for another teacher, Tom Swift, and I've personally kind of experienced some of that same retaliation that they're talking about. 
it seems like if there's some kind of pushback or mm-hmm. or problem um, brought to the surface, then the person is targeted and, and forced out. In, you know, clearly, we've had conversations um, uh, prior to you all coming here on the air, and and the real theme that I've gotten isn't so much the the individual situations themselves, but that relationship, how they're dealt with, the 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 culture. One of the things that I, I brag off air, I probably should on air more. This this really is the best place I've ever worked, and and one of the reasons it, it is that culture. You ne- you're never really worried about well if I have a concern or and I've worked at places where that is the case. You just keep your mouth shut because you know that it's either not worth it or things are going to get worse for you. And and it's my understanding that that you know, that's your big concern here is that culture in Ozark. And, of course, the school board uh, comes into play here as well. And, and before we do get to that, um, to some degree, obviously, people are going to want to know, okay, well, what was the conflict that, that led to this recognition or feeling anyhow that the way that the district deals with these things uh, is not is not healthy, if you will. And so uh, we could start with you, Danny, and, and just um, a bit of a background on, on what began this conflict with you and the district. Sure. So um, I've got, in addition to the website that we just launched, the SaveOzarkSchools.org website, I've had a website telling my story that's been up for several months now. And in that website, I even invite the readers to just assume that whatever the school says I did wrong, I actually did wrong. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll set the record okay. straight here momentarily. But I've said, just assume that what I was accused of, I did wrong. And now let's just ask what kind of procedure the school district used thereafter to investigate and to adjudicate those concerns. Because once you look at the process, the procedure, the integrity of the process, you recognize there is no grounds for believing anything that the school district said about what I did wrong. So to tell the story a little bit, it first started a couple of years ago when Ozark School District, particularly Ozark High School, recognizing that it was outgrowing the capacity of the building, began looking for a way to expand its, um, its capacity mm-hmm. without um, being able to be in a position to build a new high school, partly because the community rightly would prefer to rally around a single high school and not split us between a couple of different high schools. So without being able to build a new high school, their plan for absorbing the increasing student load was to build a satellite campus and to send a portion of the students there. As they wrestled with how to make this, how to sell this as a opportunity rather than just an unfortunate necessity, their first plan was to make this an um, elective center. And so they've, they informed each of the elective programs at the high school that we're going to be relocating you to this other campus. Um, and, and frankly, asking us our thoughts about it. And when they came to our junior ROTC program, we said, we have grave reservations about this. Just to kind of summarize those, a lot of what we were able to do with students, and I dare say the majority of what we can do with them, revolves around or requires them feeling identified with the program. They feel like being a junior ROTC cadet is part of who they are. Being part of our drill team, our raider team, our rifle team is an integral part of their identity. And that is reinforced by the fact that they have constant access to us at school. They come hang out with us in the mornings before school, either for practice or just for kind of um, social opportunity. They would come to us during their lunch break. They would come to us when they had a substitute in class and could sneak out of class. Mm -hmm. They would come to us whenever they could because that was their home, the place that they felt valued, respected, and so on. Certainly, they'd hang out with us after school. But if you move us off-site to a satellite campus, those relationships that give us the ability to shape kids' lives are severely compromised. 
So we explained that all to the school district. <clears throat> Their response essentially, without having articulated this way, was if our largest elective doesn't move to our elective center, then how do we call ourselves an elective center? And so they essentially said, well, we appreciate your concerns. Be prepared to move. Now, what kind of space requirements do you need over there? So we articulated the space requirements that we need in order for our drill team to practice, our rifle team to practice, raider training facilities, and so on. Things that we had at the high school already but wouldn't have at the re remote campus. And they said, well, we're going to have to scale that way back. And we said, um, look, that's going to be critical to our program if you do. So when we found no responsiveness from the district administrators, um, we instructors put our heads together and said, the next step is a little bit, um, it risks inflaming some tensions here. But the next step would be for us to inform the parents of the school district's plan and just inf invite the parents to weigh in on it. So that's what we did. And I, I authored that, that email to all the parents that said, here's the school district's plan. Here's our reservations about it. And if you share any of our concerns, we invite you to inform the school district administrators of your feelings on this. Um, well, evidently, the school district administrators did receive some emails, some phone calls, as I was promptly summoned into the super to see the superintendent and, and frankly, a kind of a, um, well, a panel of administrators to answer for why I would in, inform the public of school district operational well, specifically plans. Specifically the parents whose kids would be impacted, right? <laughs> and it, it's comical because not only has the school district modeled this behavior itself with assembling all the staff across the district and saying, hey, we need to inform you of something the legislature is doing, legislature is doing and ask you to please lobby the legislature mm. against it. <laughs> so not only had the school district already modeled this, right. but school district policy and state law both explicitly protect your right to inform the public about any operational concerns in a governmental, governmental institution. So they couldn't really say I had done wrong. They just um, told me how deeply offended they were. And interestingly, our superintendent closed out that conversation with these words. It will be a long time before I, ever can, before I can ever feel, before I will ever be able to feel like I can trust you again. Um, I didn't realize at the time that that was a forewarning that don't step out of line again. Mm -hmm. That's your one freebie. So the next episode that arose was a couple year, couple years later. We had been in COVID masks all of, uh, I guess, 2020, 2021. Um, in the 21-22 school year, we came out of the COVID masks, and we found a couple of students had gotten nose piercings during that time. Um, and we either they'd had them before, and because of the COVID masks, we didn't see them, or they had gotten them more recently. But regardless, no issues with them having a nose piercing until it comes time to put on the uniform of the United mm -hmm. States Army, which the cadets wear, or some variation of it. And the regulations, both in the junior ROTC context and the Army context, which junior ROTC regulations obligate us to also adhere to, are very explicit. You can have, um, they've relaxed a little bit now, but even with the relaxations since then, they allow limited facial jewelry, and that's only in the ears. Um, so these nose piercings, um, one of our two cadets who had gotten a piercing recently continued to wear her face mask, and because of that, we didn't even realize that she had the piercing. It didn't register with us anyway. But the one cadet who wasn't wearing a mask, we informed her, hey, you got to remove this piercing. Um, she was uh, willing to do so, but had a little difficulty. When it finally came down to the piercing getting removed, um, she and this other cadet who felt some vulnerability because she too had a piercing she didn't want to remove made it known to the, to the school that 
um, junior RTC isn't allowing us to wear our, fa our facial piercings. Well, I think a parent got involved there somewhere as well. And so the school district said, hey, you got to let these kids wear their, their facial piercings. And we said, no, it's not, it's not up to us. Right. Army regulation is clear on this. We have been charged with enforcing this regulation. And the school district said, nevertheless, um, you got to let them wear their facial piercings. And I said, let me show you the regulation. Let me show you it's not our authority. It's not your authority. The authority for this is clear. The regulation is it's clear. It's not you to let them do that. Th that's absolutely yeah. right. It's not on us. We didn't implement this policy. We don't have the authority to reverse this policy. They said, nevertheless, you need to do it. We're going to take so, on the Army. Well, so <laughs> our response to them is we're not going to take on the Army. And we're not going to take on you. We're going to comply. But I am charged by the Army with enforcing this regulation and running this program in accordance with regulation. So I'm just informing you that while we will comply with you, I also must report to the Army our noncompliance mm -hmm. with Army regulation and explain to them why we are. Well, promptly after doing so, I was then served with a professional improvement plan that was full of um, really, frankly, ridiculous allegations about how my conduct had slipped and how my um, behavior was questionable and how I needed to reform. And so I took that in stride. Um, I did write a detailed response to that. Uh, initially, I thought, hey, this is just an insult to my pride. It is, doesn't warrant mm -hmm. any response. But then I thought, no, it isn't. That's not what this is. This is setting a paper trail for future adverse action. So I have to respond to this. So I responded in in great detail to each of the allegations, demonstrating the falsehood of the allegations. Well, nine school days later, I was then suspended for um, investigation into a new allegation. That next allegation, the um, investigation on it, was every bit as obviously fraudulent. In fact, after a, a week of ha week after having been charged with no investigator coming to me and saying, hey, here are the charges, we want to talk to you about them. All I knew is I was suspended because of a generalized concern. So a week after this suspension, I retained an attorney. My attorney then started communicating with the school's attorney and was told within that first week of the two attorneys talking, hey, we're just going to give the guy a notice of deficiency and the investigation and return him to work. Well, that was telling for a couple of reasons. One, a notice of deficiency is the last step the district has to do before firing you. So that made very clear this is just hostile action. Second is they still hadn't interviewed me. They hadn't interviewed any of the students that they claim were audience to this, this last infraction. Frankly, the last infraction, it was, it was alleged that I taught a class that has some sexist, sexist comments in it. But they didn't interview any of the students. It's mm -hmm. a class I've taught for years, had a colleague present every time. A colleague was present every time, this instance as well. Um, but it was quite telling that without even talking to me about the allegations, they said, we are ready to give him a notice mm -hmm. of deficiency and move on. So all of that just tells me the issue is you spoke out once and you were warned. You spoke out again and you don't get another warning. You get sent home. Uh, so we've got in studio with this Major Danny Kazare, uh, Junior ROTC, formerly of, uh, of the Ozark School District, Christina Tonsing, a parent concerned, and, and Shelley Pettit, former teacher. And we're going to hear from you here in a moment, uh, uh, your story. And, and um, you know, again, this isn't so much about these instances, these conflicts, but how they were dealt with, the culture there within the district. And then, of course, I, I want to also um, hear in just a few moments when we hear from uh, the two of you, the school boards play in this. And because, and, uh, again, I've got sort of this skewed view that they are supposed to be there representing the community oh. as opposed to the school district. And so we'll find out your perspective on that as we continue on this morning. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Got it. 
dark in here. I can't see you. It's kind of dark in here. Our Building Company, O-L-L-E-R, for all of your home building needs. Brand new home. You don't want to do any remodeling. Maybe you're downsizing. The, the kids are out of the house. You don't want to have so much upkeep. But you also don't want to do any remodeling. So you go to Aller Building Company, the brand new showroom floor. And in two hours' time, if you're decisive, you can have your home designed from the countertops to the fixtures, the whole feel from the inside and out. Uh, of course, you're more than welcome to take more than two hours, but it has been done before. And then day one, you walk into that home. It's exactly as you want it with no remodeling. That's Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. Fields Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. The first alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Cloudy today, 40% chance of rain. I have 49. Tonight, rain likely 40. Rain tomorrow, 53. Mostly sunny on Friday with a high of 51. Uh, once upon a time, just mere years ago, talking about school and school issues, uh, unless it was some disciplinary thing that made the news, it was so boring, no one cared. But an amazing thing happened with COVID along with a few moves by the current administration and the Justice Department and, you know, parents being labeled as domestic terrorists and so forth, uh, people became just a little more interested. And we've seen, oddly enough, a national interest in some of the most local races that you can have. And those are school board elections and, and what's going on in the school districts. We've done a, a tremendous amount of focus when it comes to Springfield. Uh, there is a, um, a very proactive push by some folks that were, have worked within and or concerned parents within the Ozark School District. There's a website that has been pushing information out there regarding some specific stories and instances. There's uh, There are billboards now uh, out there as well to try to bring attention to this and so we've got three of those individuals in studio. If you missed the first half of the discussion, uh, we'll have the podcast up at ksgf.com and the KSGF app as well. Uh, Major Danny Kazare is with us, uh, Christina Tonsing, and Shelley Pettit. And, and we, we talked with um, uh, Mr. Kazare uh, in the last segment and some of the background of his story. And we'll go, uh, Shelley, to you, if you don't mind, as a former teacher, and uh, give us a, a brief overview of, of uh, the, the situation, if you will, that led to the conflict within the district and the ultimate concern of how these conflicts are, are dealt with. Okay. Uh, I will try to condense sure. this, but I encourage people to visit uh, saveozarkschools.org to read my full story. Um, so I was moved to a new classroom in 2017. Uh, that classroom had a lot of water intrusion problems. Um, I began uh, getting ill. Many teachers were getting ill. Students were uh, having reactions. And so according to school board policy GBCB5, we are to report any dangerous uh Situations, And so I was very concerned about the air quality. Um, so I put a work order in, and um, I guess I didn't realize that uh, reporting mold issues was a big deal, but apparently it is in Ozark School District. Uh, 
my concerns were dismissed. They blamed it on my essential oil diffuser. Uh, but then later I could smell chemicals. They had sprayed chemicals and all that. So I just let it go. And then every year during summer break, I would get better. And mm-hmm. then I would go back to the classroom when school started again. So I went through this 2017, 2018, put another work order in. Um, they blamed it on my plants. 2019. Plants are bad for you. Yes. <laughs> They're known for Especially that. Bad. Yeah. So the same, <laughs> yep. same thing. So 2019, um, they blamed it on, you know, natural cleaning supplies under my sink and all this. Well, there was actually mold under my sink and uh i got in a lot of trouble for putting too much detailed work orders in um Mm -hmm. in Uh, i was reprimanded from the administrator uh, to come to him personally they didn't want any of this on record Uh, they did find black mold that year in the building when the custodians or maintenance workers were there to remove the sink in my room, I took pictures. And that was a big Mm no-no. So I was called in um, the office, and um, I was put on a professional improvement plan. I um, was told that uh, that was against school board policy, of course. And... um, I had to, I could, I wasn't allowed to, one of the things was I wasn't allowed to speak to maintenance workers or custodians or it would result in immediate termination. Um, After this PIP, they came, they told me I couldn't have a cell phone, limited time on my computer, and administrators would come in my room multiple times every day to intimidate me, trying to catch me doing something wrong, to terminate me immediately. Um... I was relocated the next year to the junior high. Okay, everything went great at the junior high that year, no problems. Um, We were allowed to wear, I have a respiratory issue from the mold-induced mold illness from being at work. And so I had an exemption to wear, um, to not wear a mask. Then when I was moved, the next year came around, we were able to wear a shield the first year. Then they changed it the beginning of 2021. They refused, district administrators refused to accept my medical exemption, okay? Um, So I was forced to take uh, family medical leave, and um, then when that was up, they still wouldn't give, they they refused to follow my medical exemption and doctor's orders, and so... um, I was basically forced to resign, and so I resigned on November 9th, was coerced to resign, I should say, because they they would not work with me or my doctor, uh, and told me I would not be in good standing, um, you know, all these things. What did you teach? Um, At-risk students. So uh, ISS, I had Mm -hmm. strategies, students... um, and I want to note, and I've noted this a couple times because it's the most obviously these these instances in which there were concerns that you have all had with the district. This isn't about 
selling that so much. It's not, you know, a, a right. tit for tat in that. But again, it's about the culture for you all in terms of how your how you were dealt with for having concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina, you're a parent. Yes. So how did you get all mixed <laughs> up with this? Well, I saw it happening first with one person and then got reports, more and more reports, another report, another report, another report of the same kind of retaliation, intimidation, harassment. The parents were concerned after Major Kazera was suspended. The parents were concerned that it kept going on for so long. Board policy and state statute says after 30 days, there has to be a public hearing. So, Did you have a, um, a, a child in? Yes. One of the, okay, got it. Yes, two of them. Got, okay. It's a great program. So, so you when this is why I'm really glad that you're here because this is the perspective that oftentimes gets left out mm-hmm. the, the actual parent of the student. So, and the you know, and the student oftentimes that is their perspective as well. It's shared. Good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So many of the parents had this same mm-hmm. concern, and I was I'm a teacher, so I'm like, oh no, we'll just contact the principal. We'll just follow this board policy. Mm-hmm. I was reading the different policies to see. So. Eventually, we got to where we went to the board meeting in February just to speak. We wanted to share a little bit of testimony. We felt like the administrators were stonewalling us when we would try to mm-hmm. intervene. So we felt like we could talk to the board, and they just didn't understand what was happening. They just didn't know. Um, th- we weren't even allowed to speak at all. Mm-hmm. They didn't let us speak. And so then, the, then more and more retaliation became apparent even to me. I had been in the school tutoring for for the last five months. I teach math, so my son and his kids were getting ready for some competitions. Right. They needed to have their math grades up. Got approval from the building. I got an administrator. I got approval from the district administration to be their volunteer tutoring. I was an approved volunteer. So after that February board meeting, with the kind of a little bit of a ruckus, um, two weeks later, I'm in the building tutoring a student's Students' parents had had her contact me the night before, and we'd set up a time for me to meet her before school and tutor before her test. And the superintendent was there, came over, called me to the side, kind of harassed me about being there, and I explained that I had permission, and he didn't believe me. He said, we'll see about that. (laughs) Spent a little bit of time texting, calling around, um, eventually came back and said, whatever authority you thought you had to be here, you, you can't be here anymore. You can't do this. So I questioned him a little bit about about mm-hmm. about that. So there's more story. Right. Anyway, the the point is the students around that area observed him, and one of them texted to her friends. The superintendent is yelling at Mama Tensing. I I mean, in public, that was happening. So that kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. that that I'd heard from different teachers of happening to them. If you say something, if you step out of line, you're targeted and you're retaliated against. I saw oh it's true <laughs> it's true and i i meant to come here and talk a little bit about tom's story should i tell you tom's story uh yeah also? please let's okay. do it which i know that is on also the website save ozark schools.org yes, yes mm. tom yes tom swift had published a letter earlier mm. publicly he couldn't come today because he's in the midst of negotiation with the okay. with the school district a settlement a separation agreement a separation <laughs> agreement because um because he has experienced, honestly, PTSD-like symptoms. Many of the other teachers have experienced that, that have been through that kind of retaliation. So um, 
he has taught in the, for more than 31 years. So teachers can retire at 20 if they buy back some of their years. They can retire at 25. And he loves teaching. He's devoted to his kids. So he, I mean, he, he's a great teacher. He's gotten Teacher of the Year Awards. During the same time that Shelley's talking about with the mold and the health and the air quality issues, Tom was involved in that in another area, and he made that known publicly. And so he received, it's the same pattern, he received a professional improvement plan that was filled with all kinds of things that are verifiably false, things that he didn't do, things that he didn't say. Emails were exchanged that the professional improvement plan even actually said the opposite of what the emails had said. So that same kind of retaliation thing happens over and over. If you step out of line, yeah. if you challenge the boss, then you get a target and, and, and you get punished. And that's not the way we have laws protecting right. against that. It's supposed to be that the school board is the person that you appeal to if the administrators aren't acting right. Who oversees the administrators? Well, and that's what I want to talk about next. We're going to get a traffic update, and then we will touch on that as we talk uh, about the Ozark Public Schools concerns here. Again, the website, saveozarkschools.org, as we talk with Danny Kazare, uh, Christina Tunsing, and Shelley Pettit more in moments on Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Save our or save Ozarkschools.org a site. Is this what the billboard is promoting, uh, driving people to for more information? Yes, there's a series of different images. They kind of cycle through the billboard at different times, but they're all designed to catch uh, public interest and drive them to the website. We we've been talking this hour with Major Danny Kazare, Junior ROTC of uh, formerly uh, of uh, Ozark School District, uh, Christina Tunsing, a concerned parent, and Shelley Pettit, a former teacher, also uh, about uh, I guess the, <clears throat> the background, if you will, or, or concerns that you all had in different capacities. Uh, but what you saw, uh, I'm hearing, is the larger problem is that. The way these things should be dealt with weren't dealt with uh, mm-hmm. properly culturally, and you know, uh, but also perhaps in not in accordance with protections that are are in place. Uh, school boards, I have just such a frustration with. Though I think things are getting better, and it has. You know, school boards were developed, and frankly, to go back, not to get too wonky here, but I mean, Thomas Jefferson wrote of these things specifically about the idea of school boards, who runs the schools. And it was very important that the local communities um, decide these things. And this is what school boards were to be, uh, the representation of the people to tell the district, this is what we collectively as a people, as representatives of the people, these are the things that we expect. This is what we want. We are here to hold you accountable to the community at large. But what has, in my assessment over time, instead occurred is they become, it's the opposite. They, they, in their minds, represent the administrators. They represent the school. So their communication with the community is to come tell you uh, when they need a bond passed or a tax increase or whatever it may be. And And frankly, I had just given up on the whole concept of school boards for the longest time because i thought it's all backwards things i think are beginning to change however that being said what has given parent and and teachers and junior rotc what has been the the relationship 
and the exchange with the school board in Ozark regarding all of this? So if I may, I want to step back just a little bit to set the stage for why it's so important for that school board to be involved. Uh, We are not talking right now about an accidental misstep by a district administrator. We're not talking about two or three accidental missteps by district administrators. What we're talking about is a well-established practice of retaliating against outspoken teachers. So when we did a survey of teachers, just informal survey a year ago, we found at that point in time over 50 teachers, most of whom said, I cannot tell my story publicly, but man, do I stand behind you and here's a little bit about my story. Since then, we've seen many more cases come out that make clear that this is a widespread problem and that's why a school board needs to be supervising this. Um, I think it's a structural or organizational problem fundamentally. I think our founding fathers were clear in all of their writings, anytime you consolidate too much power in the hands of too few without checks on their authority, you will experience tyranny. And so that's what we have in a school district is it's a top-driven organization. We've got a superintendent at the top who's surrounded by his loyal lieutenants, and they have um, a degree of power and control, which is appropriate. Frankly, it's appropriate for them to have that and to have that authority and that oversight and expertise and so on. If there's an honest broker somewhere in the process who can look over their shoulder and say, you know, every now and then, no matter how sincere you are, no matter how authentic you are, we think you might be a little biased in your, in your perception. Well, we don't have that with school boards right now. So when you have an administrator who feels that he's engaged, sincerely feels that he's engaged in a noble cause, um, taking care of our children, and who feels that he's well qualified, well qualified for the job, the, the, this dynamic is kind of termed noble cause corruption. When you feel like, because I'm engaged in a noble cause, the ends justify the means, whatever I need to do. If I need to make an omelet, I'm going to break a few eggs along the way, as, as goes the common saying. You know, Joseph Stalin's chief of the secret police famously boasted that if you show me the man, I'll show you the crime. The idea that it doesn't matter how innocent you are, I can prove your guilt. And that's why we need a school board to stand up and say, when we've got administrators who feel immune, who feel they develop a sense of arrogance about them just because the power structure contributes to that and because there is no check on their authority. So now we need a school board to say, hold on now. Not only does district policy and state law require that we investigate some of these things that you're doing, but just good prudent judgment requires that we look over your shoulder. In fact, one of the things I would like people to understand is you only know if someone's exceptional if you actually do a check on them. You can't just let them brag to you about how exceptional they are and say, well, you must be because you brag about it so much. If you don't independently confirm the behavior of your superintendent and his senior lieutenants, then you don't have any grounds for your confidence in them. What we see in Ozark right now is representative of a nationwide problem because school boards are structured. I'm sorry, because schools are structured the same because and frankly, part of this is the more that states and federal government exert influence over education, the more local communities feel like, well, then it's not our district Mm -hmm. anymore. We don't need to pay attention. So when local community members aren't trying to pay attention, school board members don't feel like there's anyone they have to answer to either. And it just becomes their default position that we are the facilitators of the superintendent's agenda. When he needs something rubber stamped, we say, go get him, boy, way to do it. And that's the, arrange- that's the relationship that we have right now is school boards that answer to the superintendent. It becomes clear you can attend a single school board meeting and see that dynamic play out from where he is positioned in the room to his um, controlling of the agenda 
to his moderating of the meeting, it's clear who's in charge at those meetings, yeah. and it's an inverted dynamic from what it should be. It, of course, I can't speak for you all in your perspective, and, and um, to me, this isn't about ultimately these people are bad or these people are it it, it is yeah. the 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 these are almost oftentimes symptoms of the problem because you can i believe you can have otherwise well-meaning people but yes. if they are put in a position in which they are given authorities that really don't belong to them well of course they're going to use them i mean you know it it almost creates that scenario so it's not even about personalities so much though yes. each, not that those things aren't important but it, it is about that this is why the school boards are so important because things can get off track the dynamic can get turned up upside down and you can end up with parents that just totally and completely unengaged because they feel what's the point if a school board whose members are supposed to be the community directing these things don't do just that. We're going to take just 60 seconds and then uh, read a couple text messages that also came in uh, regarding this. And then any final thoughts with you all uh, as we talk with Major Danny uh, Kazare, Christina Tunsing, and Shelley Pettit. It's SaveOzarkSchools.org. I'm Nick Reed. SaveOzarkSchools.org. You may see billboards around. We've spent this hour talking with Major Danny Kazare, Christina Tunsing, and Shelley Pettit, all in their different capacities, uh, expressing their concerns uh, of uh, the way things are, are run in terms of the school board relationship with the community and the school and so forth. You can go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, want to just quickly read some of the text messages that have come in. Uh, one saying, as a teacher, I too have been, quote, bullied by administrators after standing up for the truth. I've heard stories from other districts around here as well teachers are notorious for not sticking together so we can pretty be pretty easy targets uh one saying please give my gratitude to major he helped my family so much with the uh, jrotc program the rosario family and another saying that the ozark board tried to intimidate me when i signed up to speak at a meeting before the meeting they brought me in a room with no other people present where the superintendent aggressively confronted me to the point that the board president had to intervene. Uh, so we've got um, about uh, two minutes left. Any final thoughts that you all have? I would just like to add that I am, am active politically in different groups, and so I know our legislators and representatives, and I asked them, I said, what can I do about mm -hmm. this? I see this problem. There are some allegations against the administrators, and I thought the school board should address mm -hmm. those. They wouldn't listen or respond. And and the legislators said, talk to the school board, get involved with the school yeah. board, talk to them. But they, they won't respond. And it wasn't just me, but the teachers have appealed to the school board for help. And the, and the school board says, We're, we are not responding. We refuse to respond. And in fact, we won't respond. Don't write to us anymore. So I guess just one other kind of example of the absurdity we see from the school board is uh, – we you know, about 60 seconds just right. to give you a heads up. So just, just on my case is just one, you know, there's, there's numerous examples of this, uh, this level. But on one of them, we'd petitioned them repeatedly for the hearing that state law requires. They insisted over and over. They're not required to hold it. They found different excuses. And in the end, they changed their tone and said, actually, we did hold a hearing on your case. You just weren't invited to that hearing. Wow. So that's the kind of just, um, I don't know, dystopia that we see no, from our no. school boards right now. But I want to touch on something you said earlier about we're not calling these people bad. What we are saying is there is a power dynamic, a structural arrangement that right. means that if the school board is not actively, attentively, aggressively mm -hmm. supervising the school district, this is the natural course. And we see it 
outside right. of Ozark as That's well good. as inside. Uh, again, you may see the billboards around saveozarkschools.org. Uh, Danny Kazair, Christina Tunsing, Shelly Pettit, thank you so much for coming in this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. And like I said, any of it that you miss, please feel free to visit the podcast on demand section at ksgf.com or download the KSGF app, News in 60 Seconds. I'm Nick Reed.